Welcome to Pet Lover Geek powered by Pet Hub. Pet lovers, today we are going to continue the conversation about lost pet prevention and recovery in honor of Lost Pet Prevention Month. As a lifelong pet parent myself, I know I've let a lot of the basics slide in the day-to-day hustle and bustle, but boy, have I woken up lately. Uh, and that's what we're talking about this month. We're going to have conversations with industry experts about the best tips and tricks when it comes to lost pet prevention and recovery, those basic things that you just need to to do. I'm really excited for today's guest. Kristen Levine is going to fill us in on some of the best and basic products that will help make lost pet prevention and recovery simple and easy. As people who've listened to my show know, Kristen speaks everything pet, and she loves to help pet parents through her pet living platform. With over 30 years in the industry, Kristen has done it all, including founding Fetching Communications in 2003 and Pet Anxiety Awareness Month in 2017. Pet Living is one of the best resources on the internet for information and product recommendations for pet parents. Kristen, I can't wait to talk with you about the hottest products that are out there for lost pet prevention and recovery. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lorian. Great to be back. So I can't start this conversation without asking you to talk a little bit about your incredible background and your career in the pet industry. I mean, you've seen the industry from such a unique perspective, everything from, you know, working in the shelters and running PR uh, for shelters and vets and then creating your own PR agency and working with a lot of different vet brands. So I would love you to tell me a little bit about that background, share that with our listeners. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I I entered uh, the pet industry. Uh, my first job was the, being the PR director for the SPCA of Tampa Bay. Um, and it's funny because I had just moved to Florida, and the way I was introduced to the SPCA was through my husband. And I was really just looking for a way to meet people and and volunteer. I had some. I was working part time, so you know, just looking for something. It, that I could do to give back to the community and to meet people. So I was introduced to the executive director there and I volunteered for about a week. And then suddenly a PR position came available and I applied for it, got the job. And 15 years later, you know, I spent 15 years there. So it was a really incredible experience on so many levels. Um, Very fulfilling career for sure, because I was promoting pet adoption, of course, um, responsible pet care, um, the importance of spaying and neutering your pets. Then I started my PR agency called Fetching Communications about 2003, um, serving exclusively the pet and the veterinary market. So we've over the last 17 years, we've gotten to work with hundreds of pet brands, veterinary brands, um, nonprofit organizations, colleges. Um, it's just it's just been incredible. And about five years ago, I started the Pet Living blog. And I'm really enjoying that work because it's giving me an opportunity to work again to educate pet parents and to help put pets and people together and make their lives better. Yeah. And I, what you guys and your team does at Pet Living, it's you're constantly looking for the best tools, the best pet products that are out there for pet parents to nurture their pets' lives. And I, I love it. So today, let's focus on some of those 
products that can really help make a pet parent's life easier when it comes to a keeping their pet safe at home and then b if they do get lost getting them home quickly and safely if they happen to sneak out the door so let's start let's start with the stuff that you know you assume everybody knows but this is about being back to the basics because lately we've all gotten lazy and complacent and so let's start with that basic leash and collar i'd love it if you can share i mean because believe me i i I talk to people all the time. I'm like, what do you mean you don't understand about the different types of leashes and colors? Of course, there's different types and they all have different reasons for using them. And and I would love it if you can kind of talk about what it takes for a pet parent to get the proper leash and collar and, and not just for dogs, uh, but what, it, what, it, what do they need to know when they are thinking about what's the best, most safe leash and collar combination I can get? So you're right. There, there's just such variety out there to to choose from, and a lot of folks don't realize um, that there are a lot of really, you know, I guess you could call it innovative leashes and collars. Um, but I think being talking talking about basics, obviously you want something that's quality, and you want something that's comfortable for your pet, um, because the bottom line is that your pet needs to be wearing it all the time, except maybe at bath time, right? So 24-7, you want to make sure whatever collar you select for your dog or cat is, you know, comfortable for them. If it's a smaller pet, like a, a cat, or we just adopted um, a Chihuahua carrier mix, and um, it was really hard to find a collar, you know, that I liked, um, the way it looked anyway, um, that was small enough for her, because I wanted it to be lightweight enough not to, you know, for her to feel you know, encumbered, unencumbered. Right. Or and, tip over because or, it's so heavy. <laughs> right, exactly. Once you put the tag, then boop. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I always look for quality. I like the, the, the snaps, or not the snaps, but the fast, the buckle, or I guess, what do you call that? The buckle, the, the fastener, the fastener, the connect, I, you know, right. I, the, a lot of them are plastic and that's okay, but I want to make sure that it's secure and it's not going to break. Um, so, yeah, so obviously you also want one that, you know, you can put your tag on. We'll talk about tags in a little bit. And then when it comes to leashes, uh, just a quality leash. I use nylon leashes, nothing fancy, but I do like this one feature, and it's the double looped or handled leash. So a standard leash is a six-foot leash, which I think is the the best length for pretty much any dog because it gives them enough freedom but it also gives you enough control they can't get too far away from you but the double hand the double handed leashes have the the one at the end of the six foot leash and then one closer to where it fastens to the collar in case you want to you know bring your pet closer to you and have a little bit more control I, I have one of those and I love it. And it's key, especially when you're walking your dog out in public and you need to keep them close to you. I mean, we run the trails, we hike the trails all the time and we don't usually see other humans out there or other wildlife. But when we do, I love that that quick handle that's close to the collar because it gets immediate control and it lets the dog know, oh, I got to pay attention now. Exactly, exactly. Or if you have a reactive dog, like, my dog Chili is a reactive dog. We, we're we're always working with him on it. He's gotten a lot better, but when we see another dog coming, I definitely, you know, choke up as they say, um, like on a bat, you got to choke up on the leash. Um, and I'm not talking about choking the dog. I'm talking about 
like, <laughs> you know, having a closer, um, bringing your pet closer to you. And, and also some of those double handled leashes come with padded handles, which makes it even more comfortable. So those are my, those are my favorite, um, you know, features for collars and leashes. And let's talk a little bit more too about, um, with the collars and even harnesses, like some of those really innovative designs that are out there that can be really great for specifically dogs that like to run or pull or that kind of thing. So my favorite there is, uh, and this came about, I found this particular harness option because of Chili's reactiveness. Um, and I would have trouble getting control of him. Um, and so I found the Freedom No Pull Harness. And what it does is, and it's also reflective. So that's another bonus for walking at nighttime. But it, it fastens to your dog in the front under their neck and also on top of their back because it's a harness. It has a leash that comes with the harness. And then you have, you can have two-headed control of your dog. So you're controlling them kind of from their back and from their front. Really, really helpful for dogs that are really strong and pull or dogs that see a squirrel and want to take off or dogs like Chili who are reactive. As we've worked with him in the training, he's gotten much easier to control. So now I use the double handled, handled leash for him. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love the Freedom No Pull. I think it's a fantastic product. The other thing I'd love if you could kind of chat about and I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this with, for you. Um, a few years back, one of my favorite uh, cartoonists, Matt Inman, who does um, the oatmeal, had this campaign that he did about putting cats that were indoor only cats into orange collars so that if you saw them outdoors, you knew that they were convicts that had broken out. And he called it the kitty convict uh, project. And I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> but it kind of goes to what, what I would love for you to talk about, the fact that you know, you don't need to have a boring collar. In fact, sometimes having a not boring collar can actually be a safety device. Exactly. And having a fun looking collar is, is good for two reasons. Number one, it's fun. It's, it's kind of, you can match them up to your pet's personality. So Olivia, my cat wears a zebra print collar. Um, but the reason, the other reason it's important and practical is because back in my shelter days, I saw all the dogs and cats that would come in um, with, you know, a lot of them might look very similar, brown dog, black cat, and they might, if, if, if they had a collar, which unfortunately was not very often, um, they might just have a black collar, a brown collar or something just, you know, kind of basic and standard, which is fine functionally, but they're a lot more memorable if they have a memorable looking collar. So if somebody calls the shelter and says, you know, my, you know, my, my lab mix uh, ran off, I'm looking for him. He's all, he's solid black and he's wearing a, a pink neon collar. You know, it's going to be, people are going to be much quicker to remember. Oh yes, we, we did see him. He has been brought to the shelter or something like that. So that's why I like fun collars because a, they're fun to pick out. They look nice on your pet and they're much more memorable. You already brought up two hounds designs. They have really high quality colors with incredibly cute and witty designs. And you could also even look at Lupine has a wonderful array, uh, array of really beautiful for any kind of personality. And again, really high quality collars, including Martingale collars that, um, you know, can help make your pet memorable when they're when they're found. 
Yeah, and even I think it's Yellow Dog that has uh, all the uh, the licensing for the NFL color. So your favorite football team or your baseball team or hockey team, you know, you can really just, you know, infuse some of your, your own personality into your dog's collar and make it make them more, um, I guess, recognizable if someone were to find your pet um, or if they were to end up at an animal shelter. Right. And I, I, do, I know, too, just from from we, uh, you know, I, of course, I subscribe to every single Facebook page for lost animals in my community. And <laughs> whenever I see something that has like a specific collar or harness or whatever called out, then I'm always like when I see like a collie walking around, I'm like, oh, does that one have a, a, a Superman collar on? Because there's a Superman collar on a collie, <laughs> missing, missing collie, you know. Yeah, so I, I, right. it, it helps me, the finder, actually keep an eye out for them. So I, I love that exactly. tip because um, it's one that people don't often think about. But it's a really basic thing that you can do. Let's talk about traveling with your pet, because that's one of the places where, you know, you have to take them to the veterinarian or you want to take them to the park or what have you, or even on vacation. Uh, And we don't often think about the really basic needs for safety on just getting the animal to the car, in the car, on the trip, out of the car, to whatever place we're going. There's actually a lot of little aspects of that that we need to remember. So let's talk about travel crates, car seat harnesses, and how these can be beneficial to keep keeping the pet safe. So I would love it if you could chat a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, okay, when we're, it is so important to have your pet securely uh, secured in your vehicle. Just like we buckle up, our pets need to be buckled up in a way whether it's in a crate, if they're, if they're a smaller pet and a cat or a smaller dog, obviously you can, you can use like a, a hard-sided airline kennel or a, a hard-sided, um, I like hard-sided just because if God forbid you were to get into an accident, the hard-sided crate is going to be more protective of your pet than a soft one. Now the soft ones are more comfy um, and there are some really great soft-sided, soft-sided um, travel crates, but I I don't know. If you're looking for, for full-on safety, I'd go with the hard side. But you also want to make sure it's comfortable inside for your pet because depending on how long they're going to be in there, you know, you want to make sure that they're really comfy. Yeah, there's also, but there are also uh, like the harnesses, like to actually lock them into the seat themselves if you don't use a carrier, which I personally use a carrier. Yeah. We think it's the safest. But yeah. if you don't use a carrier... Right. A larger dog um, or just if you prefer a, a harness, it's best to it's best to have them in the back seat or even in the cargo area of the car. If you if you have an SUV and there are lots of companies, um, some of my favorites like Kurgo and Sleepy Pod make really great quality harnesses that are comfortable for your dog. They're padded, so they're nice and comfy, but they they have a way to buckle into the seatbelt system so that your pet is comfortable. And it's also really important that your pet can lie down and sit up while wearing that harness. They shouldn't feel restricted in a harness. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of these things, like like uh, Sleepy Pod is a perfect example, are safety rated. They've actually been t- tested with, you know, dummy dogs in, in car uh, safety tests. Yeah, they, they are by far my favorite, Sleepy Pod. Um, you know, premium pricing they're beautifully designed and, and obviously the, you know, all the safety testing um, is really important, but adds to the price. Um, but Kurgo makes, a, you know, if you're looking for a more moder- moderately priced, Kurgo makes really great products too. And the nice thing about the harnesses is that you usually have um, um, a clip where you can, 
it, it doubles as a walking harness too. So once you unclip them from the seat belt, you can, let's say you're at a rest stop, a rest area, you can just walk them in their harness. And, you know, we talked a minute ago about how important leashes and collars are. I have actually been on a road trip at a rest stop where people have their dogs off leash. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? I mean, what if your dog were to run off? Even if you have, feel like you have voice control of your dog normally, you just don't know what's going to happen. The last thing you want is for your pet to get away from you or lost at any time, but particularly when you're traveling because they don't recognize the area. And so it's so important to bring that handy dandy leash that you love and, you know, collar or harness with you on all trips. And that's, that, uh, that is actually a great segue into the next section that we want to talk about, which is pet identification. Obviously, here at Pet Hub, we talk about pet identification, I mean, all day, every day. That's all we talk about. Um, and it's, it's actually why we started Lost Pet Prevention Month back in 2014, because we really wanted to drive a deeper conversation about all lost pet work prevention and recovery, not just microchips, which were really consuming the conversation and, and with good reason. Um, but we wanted to, people to talk about more than just that. And particularly with travel, uh, identification is so key. And, and even what we do here with digital ID. So I would love it if you could talk a little bit about how you need to have a multi-layered approach when you uh, have pet, uh, pet identification. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of obsessive about this, <laughs> probably because of my shelter days and because of you know knowing what I know like you do about uh, how many pets are lost and not and don't ever find their way back home. The the way I often explain this to people is you know you wouldn't think of um, check checking your bag on an airplane without putting an identification tag on your suitcase, right? I mean we just you just wouldn't do that. So why would you not? take the time to have identification on your pet because you don't know at what point your pet might get away from you. Um, obviously, I think the, the the pet hub tag is far and away the number one. If you only had one form of identification on your pet, that is the one I would have because of you know the, the profile, that, the extensive profile that is available with multiple contact points um, should somebody find your pet. But what we do here... Um, at Pet Living <laughs> is uh, Chili, for example, has um, a microchip. Actually, all of my pets have microchips. Um, microchips are great, I like to say, kind of a backup form of ID because it's invisible to a person who may find your pet. Um, the only way a microchip can be scanned is if your pet ends up at a veterinary office or at an animal shelter where they have the scanners to actually scan for the chip. So you know, visible identification is key. You can also get collars, uh, the nylon collars that you can embroider a phone number onto. So Chili's worn that for many years. So he had his um, pet hub tag with his embroidered collar uh, with his microchip. So he had three, three forms of identification. And, um, you know, so I, like you said, a layered approach is always best because if for some reason your pet were to get out of their collar or if, you know, the buckle were to break or somebody were to, maybe they were trying to catch your pet and the collar came off in the process, that's where the microchip is going to come in handy. Yeah, totally. And and I also, I would be missing that saying too. And if you live in a place where uh, pet licensing is, is something that, that happens, that's also great because it 
proves ownership. Yeah. It's like this pet belongs to this human being, which could be really important when you're talking about lost pet recovery. Absolutely. Um, awesome. And I would love it if you could talk about, um, other digital things that are out there because obviously here we're, we're geeky yeah we like to talk about everything <laughs> techy and wonderful and there are some really cool lost pet recovery tools that are out there now and some of them are not even things you think of as being lost pet recovery but they're definitely tech tools that pet parents can use to help in finding the pet once they go AWOL sure sure so for example lots of folks know about the ring doorbell uh, we have a ring doorbell and we also have a Ring camera inside our house. But um, I have been known to log into my Ring app and spy on my dog in the front yard. And just to make sure he's not getting too close to the We have a fenced yard, so Chili can't get out. But our newest addition, Tulip, there's she can squeeze underneath the fence. So sometimes I will, if I'm working, I'll just have the app next to me so I can kind of watch them. Um, so I don't think a lot of people really think about that, that that could double as a way to keep an eye on your pets. Or if your dog has, or your cat has, um, disappeared, you might roll tape, <laughs> roll the tape back to see if you, if the camera caught which way your pet went or got out of the fence or gate. Um, another great tool is the, um, the next door app. I, I just recently downloaded it because my husband loves it. And that is a great way for you to communicate with your immediate community, neighbors, you know, even retailers in the area. If your pet were to to go missing, you could kind of get immediately get an alert out, um, you know, to be on the lookout for your pet with that super cool collar, right? Um, because time is of the essence, right? You you first notice that they are not where they should be. It's really important to get the word out as fast as possible, as broadly as possible. Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, we actually uh, started our next door community. There wasn't one for our neighborhood because really, yeah, we actually well because we live up at thirty two hundred feet. We're in this little uh, mountain ski mm -hmm. mountain community. Yeah, that's away from the main town, and there's not a lot of us here, but. We yeah. see dogs all the time and cougars <laughs> and bears. And so, oh my gosh. frankly, a lot of times the alerts are, hey, put your dogs inside. There's a cougar out there, <laughs> you know, but, right. but still oh it's, it's, it's really incredible how it's helped people because uh, we actually eventually all know each other's dogs up here um, and we all live on, you know, acre or so. So it's pretty spread out. But even in the in down in town i know that a lot of folks use it and it's been a really great app and we just got our ring doorbell we haven't installed it yet that's a weekend project for us but a lot of it was it. i know and a lot of it's based on we're starting to read more and more about how they're used for lost pet uh stuff um so yeah great tools anything else that you want to share you know other products that are out there or other things maybe that people don't think about hey this is kind of important for lost pets and preventing lost pets well, you know, two things come to mind. One is a product, but it's really not basic. It's it's a GPS tracker. So I know we're trying to stay basic here. So I wasn't really going to get into that. But there are so many on the market now nowadays. Um, we we have a whistle. I think it's called a Whistle Go for Chili. Um, what I don't like about Whistle Go though is that it's the size of it. It's too big for me to put on Tulip's collar. You know, it would, she would fall over. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I, you know, I do like the geeky stuff too, as, as I'm sure you do. Um, and there are lots of them. There's the Fitbark, there's Smart, Link, AKC, Garmin. Um, if you're interested in checking those out, but getting back to basics, 
and this is something that I'm doing currently because we just adopted Tulip and she's only four months old, is your dog needs to understand and obey basic commands. And the most important commands are come and stay. It's nice and convenient, but not, it's not as important. And we have mastered the come command with Tulip. She comes bolt running to us uh, when we call her. And we, of course, always have a treat for her. And now we're working on stay. And this is important, particularly for, uh, let's say someone comes to the door and I open the door. I don't want her bolting out because I know that she can get underneath that fence if she really wants to. Um, so, yeah, just you know, maybe going back to basic obedience or, you know, polishing those obedience skills. Um, those voice commands are really important. You don't want to rely on them solely, of course, um, but they are really important in a lot of situations. Yeah, even if they can just get your dog's attention for just a second to get them to stop so you can get a hold of them. Exactly. That's, that's really what's critically important. Well, thank you so exactly. much, Kristen. Uh, I wish we had all day long to chat with you. <laughs> Clearly, you and I could chat forever. Um, but uh, you've got a lot of really amazing products and ideas out there. And I want to make sure that uh, everybody knows how to find you online so that they can read about more incredible things that you can bring uh, to, to their attention. So please tell us, how can they connect with you to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at kristenlevine.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-L-E-V-I-N-E.com. Just like Adam Levine, Kristen Levine. <laughs> no relation, though. Um, uh, and you can also find me on Facebook at Kristen Levine Pet Living and on Instagram at pet.living. Wonderful. And it's a great, it's a great resource. I highly recommend everybody check it out. Kristen's been sharing a lot of really great information about lost pet prevention this month. And I encourage you to head over there to her website or her Facebook page or Instagram to keep learning about how to keep your pets safe and happy. We are sharing from all of our lost pet prevention month partners all month, including Kristen's at www.lostpetpreventionmonth.com. Make sure to head over there. You'll be able to find all the interviews that we've been doing this month, plus all the really great content that we've been getting from our partners and working on with them. I'm Lori and Clemens. You've been listening to Pet Lover Geek powered by Pet Up. Thanks for tuning in today. I can't wait to chat with next week's guest.